Hello there, listener. It's me, Kat. What you're about to hear is a taste of Roar to Heaven, our upcoming actual play project. This is our session zero. You're going to get to meet our beautiful cast and get to know the characters they're going to be playing. If any of what you're about to hear is interesting to you, please check out our Kickstarter, which I've linked in the show notes. Hope you have fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to session zero of Roar to Heaven. I am your host, your, I think I'm going with choir master. I might go with maestro. Haven't decided. I'm Kat. Today, we are going to be meeting the characters. You're going to be meeting the cast for the first time. And we're going to talk a little bit about the organization and the NPCs that make up the world of Roar to Heaven. If you're excited about what you hear, please keep your eye on this space because the Kickstarter is going live very soon. And I would like to pay these people because I like them. So the first thing I would like to do is go down the list and I would like everyone to just briefly say hi to the audience and let them know who you are. Hi, my name is Jordan. I use they, she pronouns. Um, I guess I'm saying hi to the audience. Hey. Hi, I'm Erin, also known as Erin Cerise, uh, she, her pronouns. And you might know me as the GM and producer over at Super Idols RPG. Hi, I am Dylan. I am the GM of Edge of the World. I've also been on Sort of Symphonies with Kat and had the pleasure of playing with that whole lovely cast. And you can find me on Twitter at Lasers Forever, as well as the Edge of the World podcast on TFTTPresents.com. Hey, I am Kendrick, or uh, Kendo, whatever you prefer. And you may know me uh, as the GM and producer uh, of Tales Yet Told, a different actual play podcast. One thing I noticed when I was putting together the bios for the Twitter is that this is a cast entirely built of forever GMs. Yeah. yeah. That was not the we, intent, but that's just kind of what happened. <laughs> we finally get our chance. Yeah. It's time to show the players what the GMs are capable of. It's our time now. <laughs> yeah. Sit down, players. Watch and learn how it's done from the pros. <laughs> With our powers combined, we'll remember every NPC's name in the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, hold up now. Let's not uh, write any checks that we can't cash there. <laughs> Speak for yourself. So the first thing I'd like to do is set a good example for our audience by talking about safety tools. There are four things I want to go over. The first is that we have an open door policy. If you need to leave the recording, please feel free to do so. No questions asked, no judgment. We would like to know why you had to leave, obviously, so that we can prevent it. But if you don't want to talk about it, that's your prerogative. The next thing is, if at any point a scene is going a place that is making you upset or uncomfortable and you feel like you can't do it, just say stop and we will talk about what's going on, figure out how to move forward in a way that's healthy for everyone. The third thing is that character death in this game is explicitly your choice, not mine and not the game's. If your character is in mortal danger, I will ask you if death is on the table. If you say no, your character is safely evacuated. That's it. If you say yes, they remain in the scene and they may or may not meet that mortal peril. Finally, one more thing I would like to discuss is that during this session zero, we are all going to be agreeing on things like violence levels we're okay with and 
age of cast so that we're not putting anybody in an uncomfortable spot. You've all filled out lines and veils. We're going to use the same ones that we used for the one shots. Is that okay with everybody? Mm-hmm. Totally. That works for me. Uh, absolutely. Beautiful. So the next thing on my list is, let's talk about your characters, please. I'm also very interested because I built mine to be reactive. So I'm extremely interested to hear what everyone else is bringing to the table because mine is in limbo pending what you all have. According to the little agenda I've written down here, we're going to be doing characters twice. First thing we're going to do is we're going to be doing the broad strokes. And then in the second half of this episode, we're going to revisit the characters and talk about things that have maybe come into perspective since hearing about the other characters in the organization. Okay. Dope. And just as a procedural thing, what aspects of the characters would you like us to go over in this first round? Yeah. Yeah. First round, if you have decided on a hymnal type, I would love to hear it. The kind of broad strokes of your character's personality uh, would be great. And then later on, we're going to talk about more specific things, like maybe if one of you feels like changing hymnal type or how the characters interact. Gotcha. Aaron, would you like to lead us off with this? Sure, I absolutely can. My character's name is Flannery Fontaine. She uses she, her pronouns, and she is a type 04A messer class. Basically, it means that she's using at least what appears at first to be a short type blade and likes to get in at close and near range. We'll get it more into the weapon in a sec, but uh, as far as Flannery herself, she is kind of on the shorter, actually quite shorter side. Under five feet tall, she's got scruffy shoulder length, dark red hair, these big thick eyebrows and blue eyes. And she has a kind of stocky overweight build with a bit of muscle toning going on. She likes to wear a lot of athletic wear. (laughs) She's a bit of a jock. And that carries over to her personality too. She is, um, she's a bit of a herbo. She's very well-meaning and enthusiastic and here for it. and a bit of a firebrand. She likes to live for the now, and she's aggressively enjoying it because it could be taken away from her at any moment, so she just doesn't want to sacrifice even a moment of happiness if she can help it. And as far as the weapon goes, she does have a short Viking sword almost as the style I would classify it as, but her thing, her fun anime thing, is... That sword can actually extend out into like an Ivy from Soul Calibur style whip sword with segmented blade sections that can encircle her. And also the whole thing can catch on fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty dope. Following from this theming, her hymnal's name is in fact Sunrise. And the hymnal itself is, uh, her color is sort of like an orange red to evoke that kind of fiery theming um, and has sort of swept up horns on top of the head that, again, are reminiscent of flames as well. Yeah. Who would like to go next? So I am bringing the character Mia Tally. She, her. She is a bit on the older side compared to the rest of the cast. It kind of just depends. Her overall demeanor and aesthetic is curt in coarse on the exterior, kind of putting up a very stoic front. She is a veteran to whatever organization we start to flesh out over the course of this episode zero. She is a 
Class 08 Type A bow type hymnal, and her weapon of choice is a kanabo. She ideally, depending on how things go, is a recent retiree from field work to working at the actual office doing like ops um, and is just recently hopefully returning to field work after a brief stint of being out of the field. So, okay. I don't know my character's name yet. I, I haven't decided that. I do know that they use they, them pronouns. I know outside of, you know, our organization, they are a jazz trumpeter. They are, you know, overall very friendly, but tend to be, you know, kind of a silent type. A kind of person who feels like they're comfortable being silent and just like enjoying the peace and happiness and joy from other people. But the, the kind of reason why they've joined this organization is mostly out of the peer pressure of like friends and family. They personally don't quite vibe with this idea of like exploited child soldiers or, you know, young soldiers, depending on, you know, whatever age range we decide to go with. But also like has kind of been like pushed into this idea of like, well, if you can do something, you know, you should do something because otherwise people are going to die. And isn't it kind of your fault if people die and, you know, you don't do something about it. And so has like kind of begrudgingly joined wanting to help people, but still not quite comfortable with the idea of what all of that entails. Right now, I'm kind of going back and forth between either doing the class six uh pavise type which is the shield hymnal design or going with the class nine uh, <laughs> type because i got a chance to play it and it's so much fun <laughs> um, you were very good at it. it looks so sick it's so much fun but i tr- also don't know if i can justify it personality wise <laughs> for this character so it's, it's something i'm still kind of playing with fantastic all right and i'll be playing Lin yang let's see for the extra name for the unit it was going to be dawn diver it is a hymnal type 05b of the zistan which is going to take the form of a guandao it's somewhere between like a spear and a naginata the best way to describe her is pretty small and amicable to the point of maybe even being an emotional, appeasing pushover and people pleaser. And she will find whatever is her greatest purpose or her greatest role. So here it's going to be helping people in a way or feeling like she gets to be a hero. But in the long run, a lot of this is for herself because that's how she feels like she can fit in because she knows she can find other people her age doing amazing things with her. She can be kind of forced to make a community with others and she can feel like she's doing something with herself and doing something with her own ability. Otherwise, she is a street cellist. So she used to play a lot of like classical orchestra cello, but has recently been able to upgrade to an electric cello. So that way it'll be much, much easier to carry around. Wonderful. So now I think the time has come to talk a little bit about our organization. This is also the time to discuss how old do we think everybody is? Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty easy. I've I've played Flannery in the casting sessions as both 
teenage and like early 20s, so I'm good for either. I'll say I yeah. would prefer above the age of 14. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just because I, I think there comes a point where even if I understand it's like on the part of the theme and brand, it still hurts a little bit seeing like a 13 year old get punched. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% yes. <laughs> so for me personally, I'll say above 14 if we can have use that as like a starting point. <laughs> yeah, that works. I've been imagining either like late high school or early college personally. Yeah, I think that feels about right. So I think like a 16 to 20 range. Yeah. Yeah, that feels about right. That feels cozy. Yeah. Okay. I think the deciding factor for me is, like, if our characters are under 18, are they in school? And if so, do we have to deal with that? Ooh, school drama. Do we want that, frankly? We're building this together. Do you want to have to deal with your characters being in school? Because we can hand wave school or we can just take you out of school. Those are both options. Military school. Oh, no. (laughs) So so either this is the school or we are taken out of school just because I think the idea of like leaving school and saying goodbye to friends or ever coming back to it is like a dramatic thing. Yeah, like I think I don't necessarily want to do that myself, (laughs) but I do like the idea of possibly like an on base type schooling just to make sure we don't like forget to learn math or something. What if it's like a after-school military program? <laughs> yeah, like all those schools have. It's the military club. Yeah, school lets out. Everybody goes to do their, like, you know, their typical extracurriculars. And then we just all get on a bus to the nearest <laughs> military outpost. <laughs> you guys ever see those kids who all go to that weird after-school program together? What's their deal? This seems like a young adult novel that we're writing right now. <laughs> Why a dystopian fiction? <laughs> As y'all are discussing this, I'm slowly sitting here staring at my notes for my character like, am I about to be the shitty fucking teacher? Because that's like, I'm starting to get that feeling. I'm starting to look at my character who was inspired by Misato and am like, is my character about to be the teacher for this group of kids? <laughs> that sounds amazing, personally. <laughs> I'm kind of okay with that. Especially if your character is only like two or three years older, but like we can feel it. Oh, I was planning for it to be almost 10 years. That was kind of my oh, game plan oh, for Mia was she was going to be in her like late 20s. Okay. 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 Hmm. Would you want us to be a little bit closer to you then in like early 20s then? Or like, would you like younger? No, not at all. I'm totally cool with there being a gap. I had actually hoped that part of the whole dynamic was that Mia's whole thing was that she was your characters like six years ago. Oh, okay. You get to be our mom babysitter. (laughs) (laughs) I think for Flannery, I do at least see her as at the very least an older teen, like senior in high school, maybe like first year college. That's where I'd kind of envisioned. Yeah. I don't see her as as a younger teen, I think. Okay. Well, you could make the argument that, like, being at the age of 18, 19, schooling could be much more self-directed at that point. It could be a lot of just individual lessons on the premises of whatever this organization is. There's a little more flexibility Mm -hmm. there. You don't have to be in a classroom together necessarily. That kind of frees us from, like, the confines of school itself. And then maybe 
Mia could just be more of like a handler than a teacher. Hmm. Yeah, like I could see Flannery maybe like preparing for like a sports scholarship after she gets out of high school. So do we want to go with that? Whatever school we're in is some kind of specialized pseudo-military-esque and then having Mia's character be like some kind of like staff. I guess it kind of just depends on exactly what you guys want to do with age. So it sounds like Aaron is leaning older. I could see it being that a sports scholarship is a a route you could go and then maybe the org is covering the rest of the gap on the scholarship so it's like yeah you want to do the sports scholarship thing sure we'll Ooh, oh i like that if you be a hymnal we'll cover it very similar to the predatory uh, recruiting tactics of <laughs> the actual american military that's such a <laughs> shitty military thing to do uh, yeah well especially because like <laughs> flannery is very <laughs> no thoughts head empty type approach <laughs> Like, yeah, that sounds great. You'll pay for my sports scholarship and all I have to do is like punch and slash and stuff. Sure. Do disaster relief. Oh. That's what it says on the paperwork. Oh, that's so good. I hate it. It just <laughs> says help others. <laughs> help others. Be the front oh. line to help others, right? Be the difference you want to see. Real life superhero oh school. Oh my God, I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> oh God, is it advertised as superhero school? It probably is, right? If it's anything like America, yes. Oh, now we have to make the ad for this as soon as this chat is over. (laughs) If I really like it in the way that it feels very honest about what this kind of organization, if it is like a formalized, like, let's say, like government run or even military run kind of organization, that feels very honest. Yeah, we Mm -hmm. can even take some of the teeth off of it a little bit by saying, like, maybe they sort of know, but like they kind of also don't really have a choice. So it's like a necessary, like, they're like, yeah, this sucks, but also this is better than the end of the world. So you take your lumps. Yeah. Like they're doing their best to say like, this sucks, but we need you. So we're trying to be accommodating. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. Like nobody ideally wants to do child soldiers, but in this world, in this scenario, it's kind of necessary. It's better than just having like a thank you medal or participation reward. It's like, no, we we, we thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not ideal, and it sucks, and this shouldn't be a thing. But we're going to grease the wheel a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess to return to the original question then, do like all of you want to then be like at that bordering on college age? Like as since we're kind of mm-hmm. liking the sound of it being this like recruiting tactic of like, what do you want to go to school for? We'll give you a blank check for literally fucking anything. Whatever you want to do, we got you. Just sign up for the hymnal program. That is Maho Shoujo energy. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it uh, we'll grant your wish, yeah. Uh-huh. Contract yeah. duo. <laughs> now, at this point, I need to <laughs> remind you all me. that being Maguka is suffering. Being Maguka is We're suffering. not going to be Maguka. <laughs> I literally have a Kyubei in, like, arm's reach of me right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Why? That's, <laughs> that's a bad... I feel safe when it watches over me. Do you feel safe? You Are you sure not. you feel safe? It told me to say I feel safe. Okay, see, that's the problem there. (laughs) Because you 100% should not. (laughs) Um, I guess age-wise, I was imagining my character being probably around the youngest, if not the youngest. So if Flannery is, let's say, 18, about to go into college, I think I might be 16, like sophomore in high school, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so, yeah. 
The thing that I'm thinking of is I, I don't think that my character's reasoning is this, is like the military promise, right? Where like, I think completely he joined because people were like, hey, you could do this thing and it would help. Like, it wasn't the military. The promise of the military isn't what got them into it. It was okay. other people saying that it was the right thing to do. Kendo, thank you so fucking much. This is, our characters are going to have a real, real, <laughs> real terrible sort of relationship that's going to be fun to play. Oh, for sure. I'm very excited. It's very much a reluctant, like, I don't want to be here, but other people said that this was the right thing to do, and it's kind of the best way I can help. There will absolutely be some conversations with Mia putting her hand on your shoulder, and it's just like, I also don't want you to be here, but I can't tell you to leave. <laughs> oh, this is so, This is going to be so good. What a great podcast, guys. Uh, that goes well for me, because I think for my character, she might be in like that middle range, either 17 or 18, or like pretty early 18. But she, like, wants to the point of needs to be here because she just really feels like, oh, yeah, this is, like, what I want to be home. This is what I want to be life. So, like, I don't plan on finishing. <laughs> like, this is where I fit in. It's all good. Ooh. This is home. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you, you, you ain't kicking me out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You're not going to convince me to leave. This is my home. My character is going to have so much guilt. Thank you. <laughs> Don't give them guilt. That's what they want. <laughs> I want to be here. <laughs> and and mine, I think, is just going to give you headaches is all. <laughs> By the way, Kat, I didn't want to interrupt you when you were talking earlier, but when you're talking about is death on the table, I want you to imagine me approaching a poker table with a bunch of poker chips that say I die and I just push them all into the center of the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Dylan, you're our Kakashi. That's amazing. <laughs> you are our Kakashi. You cannot even believe. <laughs> Team 7 right here. Monsters. Oh my god. I'm just imagining that type of fan art where you have like the one older character who's drawn in a regular art style and like all of the rest of the cast as tiny children on like a leash. <laughs> <laughs> Little chibi yeah. gremlins going around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just good. <laughs> This is so good. I love it's this. so good. What I'm hearing then from everybody is that the characters are involved in a military program that involves them living on base. So they've been pulled out of school. They do tutoring on base. They're still in studies, but they're kind of away from their peers living on a military base. Is that what I'm hearing from everybody? I think so. I like that setup personally. Yeah. I do agree that like I don't necessarily want the characters to constantly have to like look at their like regular schoolmates who aren't involved in this and be like, will I ever see them again? That kind of thing. And, and probably like more like focused general education GED stuff. Just so that way they aren't doing the school stuff like 13 hours a day because high school is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh no, I have an essay, but ah, the angels are attacking again. <laughs> Which do I choose? At some point, we're going to need to come up with a name, which is ideally a cute acronym for something. However, we don't need to do that right now. <laughs> Tragic. Because cute acronyms are difficult to do on the spot and probably audio poison. Are you sure yeah. you just don't want five people mumbling just like yeah, into the mics for like 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> God, if we're literally rebelling against heaven, it's got to have some kind of like infernal type flavor to it, doesn't it? Kind of, yeah. It's just called hell. 
<laughs> just called hell. Yeah, just telling your parents, like, guys, guys, I got into hell. <laughs> hell would be pretty good. It would be very good, is the thing. Right? The first word is hymnal. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. so good. Oh, oh damn it. <laughs> hymnal education. Hymnal educational living. No. Yeah, you know, this. I don't know if this one's got legs. 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 Hymnal <laughs> educational <laughs> living legs. God damn it. Can't just say this was poison. Didn't we just agree as a family? Didn't we just agree not to do this? As a family. <laughs> okay, so we're going to be using, as you may have guessed from Dylan's use of the bow type and the garrote type being totally on the table, we're going to be using material from Ashes to Ashes. One of the things that is new in Ashes to Ashes is organization roles. Basically, staff members have special abilities. Once per combat, you can choose a staff member and use their special ability. They're pretty big. Since we have four people and we have four roles, I'm going to give support staff to Dylan because Dylan is planning on playing a character who is part of the support staff. So my girlfriend, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's give Chief Arcanist to Aaron. Uh, yeah, I think I could do that. That's a nice contrast to Flannery's character, probably. Let's give Commander to Jordan and Intelligence Director to Kendo. How does that sound to the two of you? Works for me. Okay. So we're not going to be naming these people because I want to um, encourage our beloved listeners to pay for the privilege. <laughs> That's fair. Totally fair. But we are going to be coming up with kind of broad strokes of personalities. First question I'd like to ask before we get started on that, though, do you want to play your own NPCs or do you want me to play all the NPCs? Because we can go either way, frankly. Ooh. I don't know if it's more or less weird if I flirt with you or myself. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> no, no. I don't think either of us like either of those options. <laughs> no, they're both weird. They're both but one of them has to happen. Has to is has to the word we're using. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think if we're playing our own, then maybe Dylan needs a different person. <laughs> maybe. Oh, I just wanted someone on the staff to flirt with. <laughs> no one is stopping flirt. you. Gotta flirt. I know. No one's stopping you. I'm a healthy, grown adult with uh, romantic needs. Of course. I respect your honesty. Yeah. And when you work a full-time job, guess what? That's the only place you're going to find them. You need a work wife or husband or a work partner. I like work wife. The alliteration, really. Work wife does work really well. The alliteration. Here's the thing. Okay. The commander. Jordan, what kind of person is the commander? Oh, on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to imagine somebody who is under a ton of pressure at all times then. Almost never has any time to be off. So, serious, compassionate, hardworking, and perpetually exhausted. <laughs> okay. And clearly needs a break. Kat, I'm very sorry to interrupt, but can I bring up an idea 
that I just had right now. Could we do some sort of weird role secret Santa of sorts of coming up with these ideas and then handing them to the other players? Because I personally would be cool taking a prompt from one of my fellow castmates and then playing whatever that character that NPC is. But I don't want to force that on anyone. I'd be down for that. Oh, this is a good workaround for you. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Definitely wasn't inspired by selfish wants and needs. <laughs> Would never accuse just, you of that. I want someone else to come up with my work wife. <laughs> so just to make sure that I'm clear on what you're saying, like, so we're, we're going to each come up with the ones that Kat said that we would, but then different ones of us will play them. So like come up with the prompt, like the, basically the character prompt, and then like trade and we'll take each other's NPCs and play them based on the character profile created. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Cool. If you guys want to do that. I am actually down. I'm good with that. Okay. So in Ashes to Ashes, the commander can have one of two abilities. They can have don't make me come down there in which they enter the fight or emergency request where they evacuate civilians. They basically call in a favor from another organization and get civilians out of the area. I think the civilian one sounds like more useful, but don't make me come down there. Sounds so fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of want to go with like the more fun one because, oh my God. Basically the way organization rules work is you roll 1d6. For this one, on one to two, the commander either deals two harm to a target or destroys two chorus angels. On a three to four, they deal three harm to a target and prevent that target's next attack. And on a five to six, they deal four harm to a target, even if it's behind a barrier, and prevent the target's next attack. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah. Well, you have to choose one staff member once per combat, so I made them all pretty huge. Oh, okay. That's legit. So, well, yeah, emergency requests, they can either evacuate five, ten, or all remaining civilians. All right. Yeah, I think don't maybe come down there just sounds really fun. Okay. So, now my question is... How does the commander fight? Do they have like a rudimentary mech? Are they just that good? (laughs) (laughs) I like the idea that because it's like coming in just for like a a single big shot that they either have a remote cannon or go onto the field carrying a big cannon. Huge cannon. It is in my notes. It is beautiful, Jordan. (laughs) And I love it. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) Okay. Next on the list, Kendo. Hello. What do you think about our intelligence officer? So, um, I think, I think our intelligence officer is a very mysterious person to the degree that I don't think any of us have ever met them in person. I think the way that we interact with them is they always hack into our systems and they like show up on the computer, <laughs> like either as like very anime thing that happens, uh, you know, they have like a symbol, yeah. like L for the longest time, just like a guy shows up with a laptop and it just has the letter L on the screen while he's talking. It's very yeah. much that kind of vibe yes. where yes. the intelligence director reaches out to us whenever they have something important they want to tell us 
But like whenever we want to get in touch with them, no one knows how. Like probably the commander has some way of doing it, but it's always very iffy if they actually respond or not. Very much like cards close to the chest. I don't imagine them as like a dark, mysterious person. Like they're having fun with the fact that no one really knows anything about them. So they're like the weird jokester hacker, if that makes sense. Like a Futaba Persona 5? Yeah, like, yes, exactly. Or like even like a, a laughing man, if you're into like Ghost in the Shell kind of deal, where it's like they give us information, but they very rarely are very straightforward about it. And like the way that they interact with us, because it seems like they think of this as like a game or a joke or something, but they are very good at their job. Okay. We have two possible abilities for the intelligence director. We have strategic guidance, which grants every party member additional dice on their roles, or their real target. Your intelligence director knows the enemy's plan and grants you additional dice to prevent them from reaching their objective or makes all your rules successes with no consequences. I think that second one, I'm imagining us on the battlefield, <laughs> like fighting or whatever, and then someone gets a call on their phone and it's just the voice of the intelligence director being like, hey, you shouldn't be over there, you know? Just like spews a bunch of information about like what they're actually doing and then hangs up. I like that a lot. Aaron. What's our arcanist like? So I'm thinking in contrast to the like serious and mysterious characters that we've had so far, I like the idea of the arcanist being more of a jovial type, like almost like the office Santa kind of type person. Oh, <laughs> Like very like, oh, big bushy beard type of person. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Like Dr. Light Mega Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Light Mega Man, basically. <laughs> so good. Or like a Brian Blessed type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think what draws them to the arcane in particular is maybe they have some sort of more like environmental or natural inclinations as well. Like maybe they were some kind of naturist or something before they got involved in all this and have some kind of connection to the arcane in that way. Okay. And because being like a naturist or like an environmentalist also requires like partly a science background that would explain why they also know the science. So a jovial and friendly nature lover. Mm-hmm. Who does not want to see this world perish. I like that. The two abilities we have for Chief Arcanist are Emergency Overdrive, just gives everybody a pile of gain, or <laughs> a Real-Time Repairs, heals everybody. I think a healing ability feels in line with what I've just described. Okay. Just the force of his laughter can heal one's spirit. Aww. That's beautiful. Last but certainly not least, Dylan, what are the support staff at this base like? Okay, well, so I gave up on my hopes of romance because I came up with an idea that was just entirely too good to not execute on. So I'm, I, I, I apologize to myself, but this one's too good. Okay. So I imagined a like head member of the support staff who does most of the like direct communication with the field operatives who is like i'm gonna give you some bullet points and one of the first ones is hashtag hacker not like the intel director but maybe has a crush on them and is really trying to be them that's a long hashtag yeah um (laughs) big guy in the chair and weeb energy 
has been issued many warnings about personal items on their desk, anime waifus in parentheses. <laughs> Energy, personal items oh. on desk. And that is it. Bracket, anime waifus. Close parentheses. Very much wants to be the cool guy giving the cool intel, but super isn't, but is trying very hard to be supportive. I hate that I know that I've met this guy before. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. I know a lot of friends who went into IT and (laughs) I know this person. Yep. (laughs) Uh, I work in IT and there's an alternate world where I was this person. (laughs) Alternate's a cute word, isn't it? Oh. I had wanted to do Redemptive Engine as the ability because it was the metagamey thing, but I feel like Scanners is just more appropriate for the character so they can just talk a lot and fast about information. Yeah. So Scanners informs the party of how the battlefield will change on the GM's next turn, which will stop me from surprising you with bananas nonsense. And the Redemption Engine just decreases condemnation. So we're going to go with Scanners. Scanners is good. Before we move on, is Heavenly Engagement Legion anything? Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's kind of nice. Is it only 1L? Yes, only 1L. Hell with 1L is pretty cool. It's like the Nordic Hell. Yeah, Yeah, the Nordic Hell. That's why they don't have to censor it. Because you just say it's a Nordic reference, not a Christian reference, so you get away with it. I don't hate it. I don't even dislike it. I don't hate it either. There's definitely other ones we could go for. People, like, pitch some more after we're done, but, like, just tooling around with some words. Were you just scribbling this in the background for, like, the past ten minutes? (laughs) Just whenever it wasn't my turn to talk. (laughs) I do like hell. So now I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into my dices... I'm going to pull out a four-sided one that has four sides. And we're going to see who plays who. Okay. So, playing the role of the commander will be... Dylan. Oh, sick. <laughs> playing the role of the intelligence director will be... No. Why do I always roll the person <laughs> who came up with it? That's not the point of this exercise. Jordan, the mysterious hacker... Wonderful. That means that Aaron is going to be our less mysterious hacker. (laughs) (laughs) I can play weeb hacker, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Which means, Kendo, you are our jovial and friendly arcanist. You gotta be science Santa. (laughs) Science Santa. I have presents in the form of guns. Oh, how did you know? <laughs> weapons powered by heaven magic. I love that. You see Lennon's Christmas list to, to science Santa and it just has guns three times. <laughs> I only got you guns two times, but this last one is a surprise I think you'll enjoy. Okay. Thank you. I've been good this year. <laughs> and that's as far as we're going to go today, listener. What you just heard was the first half of our session zero. The second half is going to be available to Kickstarter backers. So if you're curious to hear more about these agents and the organization they work for, you can check out our Kickstarter. It's down in the show notes. And we hope to see you when we get the final project up and running. Bye.